Uh, this is the Game Day on Rockstar Podcast, episode 185. I'm Joel Hollingsworth. That guy over there, Will Shelton. How you doing, Will? I'm good. We're learning a lot of there's there's a lot of newness happening right now. Yeah. Yes. Very very new stuff. We are uh, experimenting, so uh, have a little bit of fun with us. Um, are you are you sitting down? I, yes, yes, I am sitting okay. down. I'm not in some deep squat position, lean forward. I am sitting down. Okay, good. Uh, because uh, the Vols. Now we're talking about the football team. The Vols. Uh, they're three and zero. They've beaten two teams. Uh, they should have beaten these teams, but they beat them by a combined score of 122 to 16, which I think is pretty good. And uh, they beat number 17 Pitt at their place. 34-27. They're third in the nation in total offense with 553.7 yards per game. Uh, they're third in the nation in scoring offense at 52 points per game. Their defense is maybe better. Uh, I, I hope uh, uh, they're scoring defense, which matters most. It's all about the points. Uh, they're tied for 24th in the nation, which is, I think, better than last year. I haven't actually compared it, but it has to be. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, 14.3 points per game. And they're, uh, the big surprise is the thing we were watching going into the season was, have they gotten better on third down? And they are ninth in the nation on third down in defense. Uh, so as long as I looked that all up right in the five minutes before I pushed this uh, start recording button, uh, that's all good stuff. But here's the thing I need you to be sitting down for. They're 10 and a half point favorites over the Gators coming into town this week. ESPN College game day is going to be there. Uh, this, is, this is a big game. And, and the Vols are not only expected to win, they're expected to win by two scores. Well, that's more than two scores. So um, I'm sure you have some history on that that I probably don't want to hear. You know, but, but uh, let's have it anyway. So, you know, that's what we do. So um, have we seen that before? And uh, what were our results? And tell me whether I should be sitting down for the results. I feel like that's the calling card of every history major is here's some information you probably don't want to hear. But here it is anyway. So Tennessee and Florida, of course, have played every year since the SEC East began. 30 years ago in 1992, they actually played in the old rotation two years before that. So we've played them annually every year since 1990. Since 1990, which is 32 years, Tennessee has only been favored over Florida seven times. And none of those times was greater than five and a half. So when we say 10 and a half, that is, uh, if you can find 11, somewhere that is twice as much of a favorite as Tennessee has ever been in 32 years of playing these guys every year. So yes, when we say there's a lot of new happening right now, that first and foremost is the outside sources saying Tennessee should win this game with this level of, of confidence because you and I and many Tennessee fans over the course of 185 podcast episodes and 15 years of writing about Tennessee have come to this week plenty of times in the last 15 years and said, 
doesn't Tennessee really have the better team? Or do, like, don't we, don't we really have the better team? And then most often, I mean, maybe there have been some times when that was true and we just lost anyway, but usually you find out. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you find out not so much when you look at Tennessee as a, as a favorite in this thing. Um, it really, this is a testament to Steve Spurrier. When I say Tennessee has been the favorite seven times this would make eight this this week will make eight i don't think i don't think that line's going to change uh 10 points in in five days um the years that tennessee was favored 1990 1996 2002 2004 but then the rest of them are all in the last 10 years uh derek dooley's team was favored uh three and a half in 2012 butch jones was favored twice uh, minus one in 2015 and minus four the last time we won in 2016 and of course this time so um, four of the la- four of the ten times, four of the eight times Tennessee has been favored in the last thirty-two years have come in the last ten years. Um, we've only won one of those games so far. So yeah, I mean this is this is all this is new stuff. Um, and I have found uh, this is my first football season living in in Knox, well Knox County um, since two thousand five. So I'm I'm uh, relearning some rhythms and things like that, but. I have found so far uh, in in the last uh, two days, lots of like, you know, we have we have the shakes about playing these guys anyway. And so there's been plenty of like, oh, no, we're the biggest favorite we've ever been. Like, instead of that being good news, that's like, oh, no, this is just going to hurt even more, Uh, which (laughs) let's be clear, like it will. (laughs) It hurts The the ones you think that you are going to like pain is, you know, proportional to. How much did I think we were going to win? So on the front end, yeah, uh, people think Tennessee is going to win. That's given, uh, you know, some anxiety and things like that because of the history. But, man, I just, you know, you, you got a coach that you got a staff that, that really they've only played this thing once against Florida. That was their whatever fourth game as the coach of Tennessee. Heibel talked today in his press conference about that, that game coming out of that game. Really, they looked at it as a turning point because it helped guys see mistakes and things that were controllable of course they blew out missouri the very next week and off we went so um you know i'm sure there's a whole bunch of you got all these dots and we can connect them to the past if tennessee loses man there's a great opportunity to to make some new lines here uh in the future this week you know what what uh well let me say first i i don't know what the lines were on the most heartbreaking games would you like to know Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and give that to me. Cause then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pump myself back up. So go ahead and get me down as far as you can. Well, I mean, it, this, this is not why anyone is listening to this podcast, but like it depends on your mileage for what are the most heartbreaking losses to Florida. Um, yeah. The Butch Jones, the 2015, uh, the, uh, you know, fourth down five, fourth down conversions. We didn't go for two, the chart that game. Uh, yep. Tennessee was minus one in the swamp in that game. So Tennessee was the favorite in Gainesville in that game. The year before, the Justin Worley 10-9 to game in Neyland Stadium was a pick at kickoff. So, you know, Vegas got that right. Those, those, were, those were two close games. Um, but the, the, um, the Steve Spurrier ones that hurt the most, Tennessee was minus three in 96, the one in Neyland. But all the ones we lost in Gainesville, Tennessee was the underdog. Uh, uh, plus seven Peyton Manning sophomore year, uh, plus four Peyton Manning's uh, senior year, 
plus one and a half as defending national champions when Alex Brown had five sacks, plus four the Jabbar Gaffney game. Um, just, again, depends on how much hurt you want to talk about here on the front end. Yeah, I think that's enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> but actually, one more. One was the uh, very uh, the top of him, and he got it in the end zone. 2017 Butch Jones last year Tennessee was plus six and a half in the in the swamp okay that's the other the other real story about these lines and this if you go to our site you can read all this in in the uh accelerate to attack speed piece that I wrote on Sunday but the line history up until uh Jeremy Pruitt's second season is that Florida was always for the most part I mean there's there's some weirdness if you remember Urban Meyer was a 30 point favorite over Lane Kiffin because people thought that Urban Meyer might physically try to harm him in that game. So other than that one, the <laughs> he second said some mean is, words though. <laughs> that was a, that seems like because it is that was a very long time ago now. Um, mm-hmm. The second weirdest one is is the one we won in 2001, where Tennessee closed at 16 and a half uh, and and won in the in the swamp, the Travis Stevens game. But for the most part, these lines are all you know six and a half, four and a half. Half seven, seven, ten, six and a half, three and a half. Florida always favored, but they're all the illusion that they're within reach. You know, that was always throughout Butch Jones, even the Derek Dooley, the late Fulmer. That was all kind of the territory. But starting with the second Jeremy Pruitt year, which of course that's coming right after Tennessee lost to Georgia State and lost to BYU. Tennessee was a 12 and a half point dog in 2019, an 18 and a half point dog at the in December of 2020 in the COVID year and a 19-and-a-half-point dog in the Swamp last year. So those numbers, uh, if you take out the 30-point Urban Meyer-Lane-Kiffin spread, the biggest – the biggest under, if you take out Urban Meyer-Lane-Kiffin game, the biggest underdog Tennessee has ever been to Florida is the last two years, and now here's the biggest favorite Tennessee's ever been against Florida. So, like, you've got the ballot of Josh Teipel, but you've also got the ballot of Dan Mullen in here, you know, that, that really how much has changed for these two teams in 365 days uh, is, is really incredible. Okay, so uh, we're using this new software. Um, it looks to me like I'm synced. Uh, does it look to you like I'm synced? It does. Because when you were talking, you were not, you were not synced. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but yes, it looks, it, it looks to me like you are synced. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you look like a uh, Kung Fu movie. So I, I think for right now, we're going to, we're going to live with it and we're not going to uh, <laughs> like stop and let it reboot. Um, I'm going to tell the story of what we're doing here in just a minute, but uh, right now we're going to, we're going to live with it. And if there's some little blips, just uh, um, it's okay, and I'll tell you why later. All right, and then we'll we'll fix it next time. Um, but okay, so all that stuff. You, the reason that I don't really have the shakes about Florida this year is because of uh, a picture I'm going to share. Uh, it's the uh, front page of. ESPN's Tennessee Volunteers football uh, page. And it's just a
So it's just a screen cap of a press conference of Heibel. Um, so if you're only listening, you can't see this picture. But if you're if you're watching, look at that smug <laughs> smile. He doesn't have the shakes. Look, he's got two cokes sitting out there. <laughs> he, like, he will have ready to shakes when he's done. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Bring it." So, uh, yeah, if if our guy is feeling that confident. Um, right now, I'm feeling pretty confident too. I don't know what he said during that uh, press conference because I haven't listened to it yet. But just that picture, it makes me feel good. I, I, you know, I like that guy right now. This is the kind of logic we're accustomed to dealing with the last few years, where we're like, I don't know, man. He said britches in the press conference. I think we're going to be okay. So <laughs> logic is it's all, all we know. This, that's Steve Spurrier's face, and it's before the game. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, win total machine. I have not submitted my things because uh, the hat guy uh, machine is running late, uh, as I have been all season. Um, so I haven't, you know, I haven't felt like I wanted to put my picks in there because I trust that dude. The handcuff, and he wasn't available. He's he's been a slacker. So, but what have you seen from the community um, going into the game? Do we do we feel uh, as confident as Josh Heupel looks in his uh, pre-Florida press conference picture? So, uh, just first day returns. Uh, Tennessee fans, or at least folks that read our site, are giving Tennessee a sixty-seven percent chance of beating Florida. Now, again, we, we've only been running the, the uh, win total machine since the last Bush Jones year, so it doesn't know much happiness either. Uh, it's not, we can't go back and compare uh, win totals to, to like 2016 or 2015, uh, the last time Tennessee was was operating at this kind of level. So um, that, that number is up. Uh, preseason, Tennessee fans were feeling upper 50s uh, against Florida. It was around 60 last week. And then I think you know, the South Florida Florida game, Game was happening at the same time as the Akron game, but the Akron game, uh, you know, was out of hand pretty quickly. So I, I think certainly there were some Tennessee fans that, that keyed into that. But you know, that's that's kind of that's where we're at now. Um, I I do know that um, if, if you're a, a ten and a half point favorite, uh, 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 Tyler Wyatt on Twitter. Let's see what happens. Okay, well, uh, two hiccups in a row, uh, but uh, we're going to see what happens from this point on. And now, Will is on this side, that's so right. um, maybe that's that's the key. You need to be on that side. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, um, go back. Let's just talk. Start with the win total machine again, and if it sounds too redundant, then I'll. I'll, I'll edit it out or I might just leave it in just for fun sure. because, you know, talking about the wind total machine is fun. So uh, last thing uh, was uh, Vols fans right now, after one day of data, we're giving us a 67 point something percent chance of 
of beating the Gators. Um, so what, what, what do we take away from that then? So again, we don't have the, we've only been run, running the win total machine since 2017. We don't have, we don't have a lot of happy years in there, uh, to compare it to, but if you hear that and you think, man, that's probably the highest it's ever been against Florida. Yeah, probably. Um, if you, uh, it, it was preseason, uh, Tennessee fans were upper fifties against the Gators. It went to 60%, uh, last week after the pit game. And then the jump I'm sure is Florida's performance, right? Against South Florida, you know, so now we're giving Tennessee a, a two thirds chance of victory. Um, uh, Tyler Wyatt on, on Twitter, uh, when I sent out the, the link earlier, uh, mentioned that, if you're if a team is a 10 point favorite, that's really more like an 80% chance of victory. So this is something, and this is something we've seen really consistently with Tennessee, whether it's with the Vegas stuff or with computer models, is there are a number of outside sources that believe in Tennessee just in general, you know, more than Tennessee fans, who to our credit have been following a team that, that has struggled to, to meet the level at once for, for 15 years now. So, yeah. So anyway, on Monday, we're 67% chance uh, for, for Tennessee to win this thing. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, I might put it around there. Um, now I've watched uh, the Gators um, kind of, I don't think I watched any full games, um, but there's times that they've looked bad, um, but they've also shown the, the ability to actually look a little dangerous. And uh, I don't know, what, what, what's been your feeling um, with, with, as you've been watching them, do you, do you think that they're, they can find their swagger against Tennessee knowing that, you know, Hey, we always got these guys and uh somehow they're going to shoot themselves in both feet and both arms and, uh, you know, ruin their chances? Uh, or do they look like they just can't get it together? So I, <clears throat> the, the swagger word is probably a good word um, because I think with Anthony Richardson, he will make a play that is such a highlight that it, it you know, it, rightfully so on an individual play, makes you feel like this guy can do anything, but you put all those plays together. And I mean, you know, he's, he's 14 to 35 against Kentucky, uh, you know, four interceptions on the year. Um, so maybe there's a, uh, you know, maybe Billy Napier and these guys, we've seen it before. We saw it with Jonathan Crompton. We we've seen, um, you know, Hinden hooker last Hinden hooker wasn't bad at the start of last year, but he just suddenly became, so much more all of a sudden. So we we've lived that we've seen that ourselves. Maybe there's some quarterback whispering that's out there. Um, I'll be curious to see for banks and these guys, you know, Tennessee got all kinds of pressure on pit, uh, you know, knocked really one quarterback, but really knocked multiple quarterbacks out of their, out of their, their game going forward. So um, will they continue to bring pressure? Will they sit back and try to say, you know what, you know, you beat us, make, make Anthony Richardson, make a number of big plays uh, in a row. Some of that, uh, you know, this will be the biggest test Tennessee has had in terms of stopping the run. Um, it also may be certainly more than Pitt. You know, Tennessee could have opportunities to run it themselves. So um, I think it'll be uh, – sure, Tennessee's a 10-point favorite, but I think there's a version of this where 
we find out pretty quick that, oh, okay, this is going to be a back and forth um, close kind of game. And Pitt was that way, but, you know, Tennessee had so many chances to run away with that thing and didn't, didn't take them. So um, I, I think Florida is, if they, if Tennessee gets beat, I don't think it's going to be because Anthony Richardson made one or two spectacular plays. I think it would have more to do with Florida's able to have sustained success running the ball. Thus they're able to get long drives, you know, the Kentucky game plan against Tennessee last year, keep the ball away from Tennessee's offense long drives, control the tempo, that sort of thing. And, you know, can you uh, – Tennessee's pass protection has been better so far this year, but it's still not, I'm sure, where they want it to be. Can you disrupt? Can you get Tennessee in second and 18 and and knock us off our game and really shorten this thing? So if, if there's a path to victory for Florida in this thing, I think it's going to be more about dictating in those areas, you know, rather than, than Richardson being able to do this or that. Yeah. So uh, as you were saying that, I went over and looked at the uh, the stats and uh, rushing defense for the Vols is uh, we're holding teams to 83 yards, which is 19th in the nation. So, uh, you know, I feel okay about that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I just – I have had too many years of Florida looking vulnerable going into a game and Tennessee – looking ready um and then just weirdness there's always been the weirdness and i am frightened of the weirdness <laughs> <laughs> so uh i don't know but 10 10 10 and a half points is a nice cushion we, we can have a little weirdness and and still come out on top with 10 and a half points so yeah let's let's see how it goes <clears throat> um as I said, we're 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 using this. Uh, this is where like most podcasts uh, would have like a commercial. Right? <laughs> so I'm not doing a commercial, but uh, we're I am using this software on purpose, um, and it's because uh, I have uh, become friends with like 27 new uh, Ukrainian refugees over the past. <clears throat> uh four months or so and uh so i've been paying a lot of, of attention what's going on over there um we have a family of them living with us in our house um as they're uh getting back on their feet and uh, uh several other families at our church and uh, they're just awesome people and it's, it's been a lot of fun and uh you know i think in the past i would have just thought well you know there's another war going on over there in some place I've never heard of, or, you know, don't know much about, but, uh, when you know people and they show you pictures on their phone, uh, that their mother's house just got bombed. Um, and you see a picture of the house, you know, it's different. Um, she wasn't there. Uh, she was in safely over the river in a cottage outside the city, but still, you know, it's your house has been bombed. You know, so anyway, um, I've got a lot of Ukraine stuff in my newsfeed right now. And so one of them was this thing. And I'm going to switch to this for a second. Um, so we have a nice little Ukrainian flag. Um, but one of them is this uh, <clears throat> spend with Ukraine uh, website. 
And actually, this software is really cool. Um, I just booted it up for the first time 10 minutes before we started. Uh, so I don't know exactly how it, it all works, but it's actually a live streaming service that will live stream to multiple channels at the same time. And you can do a lot of different th cool things with it. So it goes to YouTube and it goes to Twitter and it goes to uh, Facebook Live and it goes to 10 other places that you would only know if you actually were Ukrainian. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so I just wanted to just, I'm going to share this uh, spend with Ukraine site just for a quick second. Because they actually do have like a lot of cool uh, things. And there's, have you ever noticed that this uh, Zelensky guy, he like wears a t-shirt to UN press conferences and like he'll meet the president of, you know, some big country and he's wearing a t-shirt. So I kind of like that. I don't like as, Susan. As a current wearer of a t-shirt myself, because uh, I too had just learned we were going to do this. I, I'm a fan of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So t-shirts are good. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I, I amen to the t-shirts are good. Yeah. So I, I've been looking through this and you should go look through it too, because, you know, I, th I think maybe we have a different view of of over there, you know, uh, but they're doing a lot of really cool things. Um, they they only got their independence in 1991, so they're like digital native, and uh, they're they're further ahead of us on some things than than we are. Um, so there's some cool things to look at here. Like this, these are. You know, the, the problem was with going solar is that you have to make your house look ugly to do it. <laughs> um, but these are blinds that will uh, actually, they go on the outside of the house and uh, they, they capture the sun and then uh, power appliances in the house. So those are pretty cool. They got a, this is Restream. This is what we're using right now. Um, Grammarly, I've been using for years. I didn't know that was out of uh, Ukraine. Now, a lot of these are sort of partnerships with uh, American places. But uh, anyway, go over there. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but go over there and check out these things. And if something looks cool, spend some money with these folks uh, because they're not only fighting a war, they're trying to keep their economy alive at the same time. So uh, go check them out. So. Um, if I can press this button, there we are again. I wonder if I can switch you over to the other side. I can make you look small. Oh, that's me. I made you look small. Joke's <laughs> <laughs> on you. <laughs> there we are again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's share. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, um, let's talk. Uh, a little bit more about the pit game. That was the one close, uh, one close game. I think Pitt um, is still. I haven't looked this up yet, but Pitt is still uh, ranked uh, in the top twenty-five. So they're a legit team. I, I don't think they've lost to anybody except us in overtime. They're they're still a good team. And did they win the ACC last year? They did. Yeah. Yeah. They so won, um, won eleven games. Yeah. So they're a good team that we just beat. 
And uh, those quarterbacks, uh, well, first one, uh, super good. And uh, it was just the, the good thing that I, I, I took away from that is, hey, maybe we do have a defensive line that can actually pressure the quarterback. We don't have a lot of sacks, but we got a lot of TFLs and we got a lot of knockdowns. And we put two quarterbacks on the bench that game, you know, nothing dirty, anything like that. Um, unless, wait a minute, what was the uh, five punch thing from uh, Callaway? That was in Akron, right? Yeah, that was that was Saturday. Yeah, that was Saturday. So we didn't do that against Pitt. <laughs> which, which time out for a second? Uh, I haven't read. Did did the did any details come out? What made him so mad? Well, I, I haven't heard if there was specifically something. I, I don't think that was mentioned today. I, I, you know, that game was um, – there There were some cheap shots in that game. Uh, there's a line, I'm sure, between um, trying to, to tackle players that are more athletic than you versus some of those shots on Hendon Hooker were just um, – yeah. yeah, and, and hard to explain what the logic there was unless it was trying to hurt somebody. So I think that was part of just the, the overall nature of the game kind of accelerated. But, yeah, I, I'm unsure what was said or done um, that, that um, uh, yeah, he, uh, Callaway, uh, you know, unloaded on that guy. So uh, I would not I would not expect to see him on Saturday. No, I don't think so. And I think he might have got ejected by the coaches because he was in the – he was in the uh, in the locker room before they announced his ejection, I think. So anyway, back to Pitt. Um, so what do you uh, what, what what do you take away from the Pitt game? Well, I, I think there's kind of a whole um, when it comes to how we feel and, and our confidence in Tennessee, it's it's built on a very different set of things that it has been built on before when we when we wanted to believe in the Butch Jones um, groups and and um, I think it's it's what it's built on now is is a healthier and a more natural progression, which is our optimism is based on Tennessee did really well against um, team against some bad teams last year, some teams that were playing poorly, um, but also was able to get you know important wins against programs that we may not naturally identify as as those kind of statement wins, Pitt being one of them, Kentucky last year being one of them. Um, and, and then certainly Tennessee was competitive for long stages of the game against Alabama and against Georgia. But, you know, we're, we're kind of used to in this cycle, we've been in this cycle of head coaches for forever now. So we're kind of used to this rhythm of, okay, it's year three for Derek Dooley. It's year three or year four for Butch Jones. It's year three for Jeremy Pruitt. Is it going to be the guy or not? And those coaches got to those points with some feathers in their caps, but also some real missed opportunities. And for Hypel, there, there really hasn't been um, that sort of sense. You know, if, if he had gotten Ole Miss last year, that would have been such a great win. But obviously that game took on its own narrative because of what happened at the end. But I also don't think we look back at the Ole Miss game and say, oh, you know, Tennessee should have done X, Y, and Z better. That whole conversation becomes more about referees. <laughs> Excuse me. So I think now with, with Pitt, 
Tennessee, there was a whole bunch of things that Tennessee could have done better by their own admission, but they still won. They still got the got the right outcome. And so when you know when you play these one possession games, the 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 narrative is not really that the outcome is 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 not that different between a team that goes two and three in close games and a team that goes three and two in close games, but the narrative can end up being so different. But Tennessee, you know, made the plays they needed to make. I think Tennessee's win expectancy against Pitt was something like 88%. Again, we had chances to to distance in that game that we just weren't able to take. Pitt's offense was really uh, two big plays to their credit uh, in, in that game, but not a lot that was consistently getting done against Tennessee. So I think we've got – you've got a nice – healthy trajectory of this is what a program on the rise looks like. They've beaten the kind of teams along the way that they should beat, but they probably don't get enough credit for beating Kentucky last year and Pitt this year because their names were Kentucky and Pitt. Um, so it's, I think they're getting that credit, you know, from Vegas and in some of these computer models, but I think we're more used to, you know, building these arguments for Tennessee based on, well, they they you know they they should have done this against Florida the year before. They should have done this against Georgia, or, you know, or whatever. Whereas, you know, this this is just kind of a different experience. I think we're all still you know trying to trying to figure out how to assess it. So back to the win win total machine for a second. Suppose that we beat Florida, uh, which by the way, um, it, suppose we beat Florida. And we beat them by a lot. Uh, and I will refer uh, the audience to uh, our email earlier where you predicted Vols by a thousand, which I think takes basically a touchdown and a field goal on every play, plus a sack and a timeout on every play on defense. And I don't think we have that many timeouts. So it takes it it's a little hard to get to a thousand is what I'm thinking. Maybe my math is off or I'm not ex- experienced in football. But okay, so thousand a lot is a lot of points, is what I'm trying to say. But what do you seriously, what do you think um uh the a win, a big win against the Gators will do to our expectations against um Let's let's throw Kentucky in, uh, but Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, because uh, I still I see that uh, HT longtime listener, uh, reader, he, he's talking about how optimistic he has been. It, it's the most optimistic that he's been in years, and and this, um, winner of the so, so I mean, this guy knows what he's. Talking, talking about, um, but he's got Alabama at 2% and Georgia at 1%, and that's the most optimistic he's been in years. So what does a, a win and a big win against Florida do this week? Well, for one, it's like the best, it's the best or worst placed by week ever because we're either going to feel really good or really bad for an extra week. Um, you know, one, one thing that uh, I was going to say people forget, but I'm sure none of us have forgotten. One thing that happened to us the last time we beat these guys is we got a hail Mary seven days later. So like there was, there was that, that week 
week between those two games, I watched, I rewatched that game like it was my part time job. And then there was like another thing to rewatch. And then it, so all that emotion and all that stuff, you, you're going to get another week. It's either going to be really good or really bad. I, right now, if you look at the win total machine, if you go back to, to last week, Tennessee fans are feeling eight and a half, which is to say this is an eight and four or nine and three team. If you beat Florida, you're going to take the eight part of that out of the equation. Now, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're going from eight and a half to nine and a half overall. I don't think we're going from is this eight and four, nine and three to oh, the most likely outcome is ten and two. But I, I do think you know, as the kids say, ten and two will enter the chat. I, I think that it it will become a conversation about. How do you know what the kids say? Uh, I, yeah, it's a great question. The four-year-old won't say that. So, yeah. <laughs> You're getting to be an old man, Will. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I think it becomes a conversation about Tennessee beats Florida. Okay, here's Alabama and Georgia. Let's put them over here still. Can you beat everybody else? Can you go 10-2? and two? I, I still don't think – I mean, look, watch Georgia play. <laughs> I don't – I don't think there's a there's a number that we could beat Florida by unless it is a thousand where we jump right ahead to trying to win the East. Tennessee's got this rhythm too. We're unfamiliar with. We're used to the Georgia game being so much earlier in the year. It's in November. We got time to to learn about ourselves and all that that before we try to climb that mountain. So I think it would still be not let's go win the SEC East. Which by, by the way, I've said this a lot. You want to win the SEC? The, the, the thing about that conversation is if you beat Florida and LSU and Kentucky, it doesn't matter what you do against Alabama. You're going to go to Athens with a chance to win the SEC East. So if you want to win the East, beat Florida, beat LSU, beat Kentucky. And then we'll go to Athens and, and shoot our shot. But um, yeah, I, I think if you win, it becomes a conversation about can Tennessee go 10 and 2? Can Tennessee beat everybody else on their schedule? The win total machine is helpful here because it would still say, you're probably going to be likely still to either split LSU and Kentucky or stub your toe. But I mean, I got to say, when I watch Mizzou or I watch South Carolina, um, th- those seem like smaller landmines by the week. Uh, yeah. So it really would become then a conversation about if you take care of business against LSU and Kentucky, a Tennessee team that's 10 and 2 and its only two losses are to Alabama and Georgia, you got a hard time keeping that team out of the New Year's Six. Um, if Alabama and Georgia both, both go to the playoff, then somebody's going to the Sugar Bowl, and it might as well be us. If, you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, Ole Miss, you know, those are teams in that conversation. But even if even if Arkansas, we can't control Arkansas, we don't play them. But even if Arkansas goes 11 and one, um, and goes to the Sugar Bowl, 10 and two Tennessee is still that like that's. A, New Year's Six resume. So, so again, we're 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 treading in water. Nine and three would still be the best regular season in fifteen years. The Citrus Bowl would be the best outcome we've had in, in eighteen years. You're just gonna win, beat Florida, and you're treading in water that we have not treaded in in a long, long time. We also know from six years ago you, you can beat Florida, and then you can you know belly flop. Uh, so it just we seem we, we seem to have better form uh, this team than uh, than what happened to that group in in 2016. 
Um, and I, I don't know that – I'm sure we'll make this comparison later in the year, but I just don't know that there are teams out there that are of the quality – you know, that Vanderbilt team was not a bad team that beat Tennessee in 2016. It should not have beaten Tennessee, but it wasn't a bad, bad team. Um, I, I just – I don't – those opportunities are, are less out there on the schedule, it seems like to me. But we'll see. But Missouri and South Carolina last year looked a lot better in November than they looked in September. So we'll see. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up there because uh, it looks like we're getting uh, a <clears throat> short fuse just based on experience from before. <laughs> so um, we're going to wrap it up before it wraps us up. Uh, but we appreciate everybody tuning in. And, uh, and again, apologize, uh, apologies for uh, any uh weirdness on on the podcast but just know that you were uh sticking it to the russians uh by <laughs> help, helping uh a ukrainian company uh do some business and this could have been our equipment fault so uh, anyway thank you for uh tuning in and uh go vols uh hope to see everybody uh rocking on uh on saturday so Will, you got any last words? Embrace embrace the hype. I hope Peyton Manning is the guest picker on College Game Day. Just embrace it all. Oh, yeah. Go 100 miles an hour. Enjoy the opportunity. And then, yeah, let's, let's, let's go make the best of it. Let's do it. All right. Well, until next time, see y'all. All right, we're into uh, bonus coverage. Uh, if, if, if I figure out how to stitch it together. <laughs> I'm back um, on the right side now, too. You're back on the right side, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you. <coughs> we both have terrible thoughts. Um, you're a pastor, right? Yeah. So, um, so, there's like a confidentiality thing that you can't preach. That's right. It's, yeah. If you if you broadcast it on a podcast or a restream, yeah, I can't I can't preach it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I just want to make sure this is a confidential uh, question. Like like almost a confession, but it's not a confession. It's just a counseling uh, question. Spiritual not, guidance. Yeah. Yes. I am I'm not looking for me, you understand. This is a question for a friend. So, but I, I needed to be confidential. So, okay. So, suppose, hypothetically, for a friend, that uh, his daughter is is going uh, to Sanford or someplace like that <laughs> uh, in in you know that dirty state of Alabama, and. Uh, Sanford decides to have Parents Weekend on the, uh, oh, let's just say it's Saturday, like during the, the Florida-Tennessee game with ESPN College Game Day, and maybe Peyton Manning being the picker and Vols being a 10 and a half point favorites, just hypothetically. So um, the guy really loves his daughter. He loves her. 
More than football. More than, more than, more than anything other than his other daughters. Because <laughs> you can't say that, right? Um, and his wife. Don't forget his wife. He loves his wife. Thank God. Okay, so I think I've covered all the bases. Um, he, um, but so what? What should he do um, <laughs> when he's in uh, Birmingham for Parents Weekend? Where really, what you're there for is, is not to see your kid, uh, but to like meet other people that you're never going to see again. <laughs> um, yeah. Other people that are like, man, this Joel guy was so distracted the whole time. I feel like he wasn't very present. He seemed right. either really elated or very upset. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any, it's not Joel. Yeah. It's not Joel. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So do you have any advice for this guy? I would say, you know, you should, you should consider since my own kids are four and two and are a long way away from attending a college of their choice, you know, that's, I'm, I'm sure the fine folks at that university are considering uh, when they schedule their weekends, things like who does Alabama play, which is Vanderbilt. So this is a great weekend to go to parents weekend. If you're, you know, a fan of the Crimson Tide or Auburn, who I don't even know who they play, but they're, that's all over anyway. So yeah, uh, mm. You know, yeah, I would say there are there are many fine services where you can, um, you know, watch uh, a number of uh, a number of things on a smart device in the midst of such a thing. There are, uh, you know, there are earbuds that are perfectly socially acceptable for human beings to wear. I have found, or I just assume that I've having moved back to Knoxville, I see quite a bit of that in this part of the world. So, you know, it's I'm there. Are, there are ways to stay connected to to such a thing ah okay that is that is good to know so that's that's good advice um you'll keep that confidential yes um what what does your daughter think is the right answer right that's the real that's the real answer yes she doesn't know, she doesn't <laughs> know that that it's uh tennessee florida you know um i probably told the story before we uh she and i used to go see games together um when i was running the store and so we went for like maybe three years and she would take her friends and you know we'd be in the car and we'd talk and it'd be it's an awesome time you know um and uh one of the games i remember most vividly taking her to was 2016 florida was long i've been a a fan making moment with all of my children that was like the only one <laughs> that we had that we experienced together and so that was awesome it was hot that day but it uh, was hot yeah it was uh it was very nice i took my uh south african uh, uh friend to uh his first game and he's been here like six years hasn't gone to a college football game he's been watching nfl uh, not college because you know he's uh, he's worship pastor and uh, so he's busy Saturday nights and Sunday mornings so you know no Saturdays for him but this one was on a Thursday so like I took him to this and he was like amazed 
he loved the precision of the marching band. He was he was marveling at everything. The light show, which, by the way, I had not seen the LED lights because I hadn't gotten back in a couple of years. And it's awesome in there. The digital ticketing system is a little bit of a problem, uh, or at least it was that first week. Um, so, I mean, there was thousands of people that didn't get in until after uh, kickoff. Um, but anyway... Yeah, he loved it. It was, it was, it's a, man, that is just a great place to be on game day. It is. And there's a whole other conversation about, you know, they, the fact that they, we got to win this week so we can have all these fun historical anecdotes and not just talk immediately about how depressing it was to lose. But like they had 82,000 announced, announced 82,000 against Pitt last year, announced. Mm -hmm. And they sold out. Accurately. Which was always inflated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could watch it on TV. And, and um, I wasn't there because my wife was out of town that game last year. And so I had our kids and all that stuff. And I remember watching it from Virginia at the time and thinking, man, like we're just like, you know, being like, okay, we're in a bad spot. <laughs> we're in a tight spot. We're, we are struggling as a program. We've been through so many coaches. It's going to take years to to this again these are the rhythms we know it's going to take years to build this thing back up so again we need to win saturday but if we to be able to connect those dots to say you went from 82,000 82203 against Pitt to selling out Akron when the only games since 2016 the only games they've sold out have been Georgia in 2017 when we got beat 41 to nothing um and Ole Miss last year um, and though, you know, those games are, are, um, to, to then sell out Akron, uh, is, is just an amazing thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time in there. We, I didn't, I didn't go to Akron, but I was at ball state too. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good time. Like it used to be, uh, in yeah. there, no matter who you're playing. And, yeah. uh, that's, we're, we're not, we're not far from that being the case, you know, every, every week. We walked into the bowl just as the tea was partying. And uh, so we kind of just, we didn't get to our seats, but we just stopped where we were. And he took his camera out and took a picture and sent it to his wife or tried to send it to his wife. But, you know, the uh, internet was not the best. But well, that's, I mean, I, I think I've told the story on a podcast before, but like I took one of, one of my guys become one of my close friends i he was a virginia tech fan and i took him to the the troy game brad shepherd was there uh with uh i ended up sitting with with brad uh and you know now that like as a football game that ended up being an incredible tyler bray three for 800 yards or whatever yeah. but like the atmosphere was i just remember taking him and then thinking and saying like i you got to come back for a real game, right? Like you got to come back yeah. for a real thing because 80,000 people against Troy ain't it. And that's the beauty of it is now, man, if Akron's a real game, they're all real games, yeah. you know? And that's, that's how it used to be. So we're, we're, yeah. it's listen, it's going to hurt a lot if we lose on Saturday and it's going to feel real good if we win. And we're, we're at the, at the precipice of, of a lot of things here. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about the race all the way till the end. That's, and yeah. uh, 
you know, that, that'll be a fun conversation to have. Yeah. Got to not shoot ourselves in the foot though. Um, Got to avoid the weirdness. Or just be less precise at shooting ourselves in the foot. Like just, yeah, that would be good. Just blow off the pinky and not the whole yeah. foot. Okay, we can do without. A we pinky. can beat them with nine toes. We can do that. The <laughs> Titans are not beating. The Titans are getting their whole face blown off now. Forty to seven. It was seven <laughs> to seven when we started this podcast. Yikes! All right. Nice. All right. Well, I'm going to shut it down for good this time. And uh, we'll see what we end up with and what we can stitch together for the morning. So you okay with posting video if it works? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it would be weird at this point, right? If I was like, no, nah, you can't post any of this. Yeah. Next time, for anyone who's still watching, next time I'll be ready and we'll wear a non-sweaty t-shirt uh, or something. Uh, if we win, I'll wear something more exotic. We'll see. Yeah. Actually, you know, let me do this one more thing. Um I'm going to I'm going to redo the intro. Uh, just just All right. This is the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast, episode 185. I'm Joel Hollingsworth. That over there is uh Will Shelton and uh because I'm not exactly certain that the first 15 minutes of the podcast actually got saved because we were in a trial version of this software. Uh, I'm going to give you the nutshell version of what we talked about in the first 15 minutes. So I asked Will if he was sitting down. I said, hey, the Vols are 3-0. and They're uh, ranked high in these categories. They beat uh, teams 122-16. to We beat number 17, Pitt. Uh, uh, we've got all these great things uh just tremendous things and um and and maybe the defense is even better we talked about that and then we started talking about uh the fact that the vols are 10 and a half point favorites over the gators and will i'll hand this off to you for a nutshell version of the article you posted yesterday just in case we need it (laughs) Just in case you didn't hear this 45 minutes ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tennessee's never been more than a five and a half point favorite in 32 years of playing Florida every year. Five and a half is the most Tennessee's ever been favored. This is only the eighth time Tennessee has ever been favored against Florida in those 32 years. So yes, this is, this is uncharted territory. Embrace it with both hands and lean in and let's try to beat these guys by a thousand. Beat them by a thousand. And in case uh, we did actually lose the first 15 minutes, we apologize for the abbreviated, the abbreviated uh, uh, commencement of the podcast. <laughs> and now on to the uh, uh, the slow ver- slow version. Whatever question was next, I don't even remember. <laughs> so, see you. <ya. laughs> All right. Um, here's the thing: we used to, I used to be able to hit the stop recording button, and then we could talk some more. But I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> so I'm going to hit the button, and if it cuts us off, see ya. And uh, if not, you know. I just want to see now. 